Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Today, we're discussing personal transformation and changing your life. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. This week's mission was to identify one small thing that you want for yourself but have been too uncomfortable to try and to just go for it. So, Brianna, how did it go for you? I had some really great opportunities to practice this week. And so the one thing I kind of identified as being uncomfortable about is, now just bear with me because I f- we're going somewhere here. Um, so I have this new job, I have a new team, and I needed to do individual meetings with each of my team members. And I was really looking forward to it as an opportunity, obviously, to get to know them, to understand a little bit more about their job and what it is they do. But it was a little bit uncomfortable for me because I am just not, like, I'm comfortable connecting with people, but it was almost like setting myself up for going in almost like an interview kind of situation where I was going to be asking people questions that doesn't always feel very natural to me. And so I was a little bit uncomfortable going into it. So I had some questions set up and then I just kind of felt like, you know what, whatever, whatever you, whatever happens and (laughs) kind of happens. And if I don't get out, get to all the questions about the position, that's fine. If I don't do it exactly right, or if I don't, you know, um, ask all the right personal questions or, and that's really hard for me in a work setting to get, like, to be asking people personal questions because I just was raised, like, mind your own business <laughs> as, as well as work is work and home is home. So I'm just trying to work through my own discomfort uh, so that I'm not, one, making the other person, you know, the folks that I was meeting with uncomfortable. But I think that overall, um, it went well. I did... I think four out four or five out of the seven uh, meetings because a couple of my people weren't there last week and I really enjoyed it and it wasn't I didn't do it perfectly and there were a couple just like kind of moments where I was like ah, I don't know what to do next uh, but I liked it and and I'm really excited to be working with these uh, with this team and and getting to know these folks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that, that you were like, you you tied it to something. To me, that seems like, my problem with this week's thing was I got really psyched up for this because I actually believe that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and me being able to say I can do hard things is like going to be the secret that unlocks everything. Because I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that's like, and this will change everything, people. And I was sort of disappointed in that the things I chose, and I'm glad that the mission was literally one small thing you can try, you want for yourself. Because mine was very small. It wasn't like, I'm going to meet with a million people on my team. I mean, I know it's not a million, but anything over two is many, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mine was more, and you know this one, I decided that I was going to wear shorts in public. And I was going to, because I am now suddenly a Kathy cartoon, I was going to wear a swimsuit in public, right? Mm-hmm. Except for it wasn't a swimsuit. I have a swim dress because I've already kind of tackled this before. But a lot of times the only other place I've worn said swim dress is in my mother's retirement community because I feel like as a 49-year-old woman or at that time like a 45-year-old woman, I felt like, you know, this isn't a crowd that's going to be judging me, mm-hmm. you know? It's a good crowd. You know, we all I'm I'm looking good in this crowd. Do you know what I mean? I 
I grew up in like South Florida on the beach where there's like thong bikinis. And now I live in LA where there's literally movie stars and hot people all over the place. So it's been harder for me to bust out these shorts and swim dress in my, but we weren't on a vacation in, in Ventura. Long story longer. I Marco Polo'd you. I absolutely did it. And this is what I found interesting. Wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> I think a lot of times I get the idea that something is so hard. Yes. And it's just not that hard. Like sometimes it's just a mo I mean, I'm amazed. Like, cause, and then there was a couple of moments where, cause I am, I'm always worried. Now the weather was great that I won't be able to walk a distance. And David's like, no, it's only, you know, it's less than a half a mile to the grocery store. Let's walk. And I remember thinking, nope, we're going to do things that make us uncomfortable, even if it's physically uncomfortable. And, you know, yes, my ankles hurt. Yes, my back hurt when we got to the store, but I did it. And I did the same thing, walking to the beach and walking on the beach. And yes, for me and my current health, it was a little difficult, mm -hmm. but it wasn't unsurmountable and honestly, not that hard. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the heck my problem was. I'm like afraid of how hard it might be. So I do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really important part um, about this mission is to realize just how much I built something up in my head that doesn't have to be like that. Absolutely. And it fits with, you know, some of the ideas we've talked about related to uh, this positivity journey. And then also with some of the changes that we have really been working on making. And so when we're talking this week about personal transformation and changing your life, I think that fits, you know, this idea of it doesn't have to be a big giant thing fits in so well. So personal transformation, changing your life, this was something, you know, when we talked about what's our next story, or excuse me, what's our next episode topic, you were really excited about that. So what, what does personal transformation and changing your life, what does that mean for you? I think I say this a lot. It means me getting to live the life I want. Listen, I'm 49 years old. And I will say there were times when I really was living the life of my dreams. You know, when I got to LA and I started being a comedian and I was hanging out every night and I was doing shows and I was meeting really fun people, people that, you know, people know now. Do you know what I mean? And then there was like a period where I got a little sick and I, and I got a little lost and I didn't know what I wanted. And now I'm moving into a different stage of my life and I really wanted to be what I want. And for me, personal transformation means eliminating the ideas I have about myself, like the, I guess they would call it in like, um, what's his name? In Tony Robbins speak, it would be the eliminating my limiting beliefs and embracing my inner power. But honestly, I feel like a lot of times I was really into Anthony Robbins when I was like 15 and 20 and 27. And then I got into my forties and I was just like, you know, I don't have the energy for all this. <laughs> like it was just a lot of getting into your peak state and all the time I spent with those tapes and getting into my peak state, I could have been doing things like just putting on the swimsuit and going out anyway. Mm -hmm. I could have been making uncomfortable phone calls that could have gotten me further. I could have been writing the book but instead, I thought that I had to be this big thing and it had to be a big deal. No, to me, personal transformation is about taking action in any way, big or small, that reminds you of who you really are in, in your inner potential. And uh, instead of awaken the giant within, I've always said this and I'll say it here, um, I believe my way is going to be how to awaken the giant within when he's not all that tall and you're kind of sleepy. 
<laughs> well, I love that. And it, it, it highlights that idea of, you know, being ready to start wherever you are. I think similar to that, I had this idea that uh, I had to, <laughs> I had to have it all figured out and then I could transform. <laughs> like I had to be mm-hmm. perfect and then I could, and then I could really go for it, whatever it was. And when we have been talking about it, you know, over this last year, in addition to working uh, on this positive mindset, we've been setting personal goals for ourselves and kind of working through that, those things. And it really is coming to that understanding that this personal transformation and, and making, you know, kind of that changing your life or making these life changes. I really, like you said, or um, identify with this idea. I thought it had to be these big giant things. And, and what I came to realize in the work that we've been doing is really it's, it's the smaller things for me that have been more effective and more sustainable. So it's less about, you know, I've got to run across, you know, I've got to be able to run this far or do this much, or I'm going to move across the country. And, and I did that right? Just as you did a move to Los Angeles. I didn't have, I just wanted to do it because I always thought I thought I would really like California and I did, but it doesn't for a limited time, for a limited time right? Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Or if something like that, something that is one of those bigger, one of those bigger changes is what you're looking for. It doesn't necessarily have to be the first thing. You can make smaller changes before that. And that to me, uh, this idea of, you know, small incremental change, I know it's been out there literally forever. uh, But for whatever reason, it's not until recently that that came into kind of my worldview and really something that I started to do and got behind. And again, the sense of making these smaller changes that actually are sustained has been more effective in getting me closer to the things that I want or getting me the things that I want, changing my life uh, than anything I've kind of, in the way I've approached it in the past, I guess. I totally relate. I think I think the promise behind transforming your life is to live a life of true potential, not to have one of those lives where of quiet desperation that I think a lot of people, including myself, fall into out of sheer bad habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the problems is that we don't take the time to really think about what we want and why we want it and what to do. And I, a lot of times I get really caught up in the what to do and it has to be this big, big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my biggest problems was feeling like I had to change everything. And the truth of the matter is it's not at all sustainable. And each time I tried to change myself and I failed, mm-hmm. I felt a little worse about me, which gave me less energy and less faith that I could change. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I kept trying to psych myself up and I was running on empty, Brianna. I just didn't have what it took to believe that I could make this big change. And so only in the way incremental change was not my go-to. Okay. And it still isn't something that I'm all that excited about. (laughs) If I'm absolutely honest, Brianna, not thrilled with it. Mm -hmm. 
it's the it's what I have left now. Okay, <laughs> this was not Plan A because I know there are young people because we've seen our stats. There are young people with lots of energy going. I want an Oompa Loompa. They don't even probably don't even know what that quote means. It's from an old movie called Willy Wonka. You're too young to know it, but the idea is no. I don't want to wait for these changes. Mm -hmm. I want to change it all, and I want to change it now. What I have to say about that is, if you can think of something that you can do every day that's small, it adds up very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. The problem is with me trying to, especially when I was young, change everything about me in like a summer, right? Mm -hmm. I would change everything about me in a summer. And then I'd go back to school and get around my old friends. And then I would just change back to the person I was. And I would feel worse about me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just easier sometimes to worry about sustaining an effort rather than getting the result right away. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that I think too, when you talk about making the small incremental change, I find sometimes what I really need to do is just, and it seems like it should be, you know, the easiest kind of step uh, but sometimes I just have to change the way I'm thinking about said thing. And I mean, I think we've we've definitely touched on it when it comes to that positive mindset is, you know, the first kind of step is catching the thought. Is this, you know, is this a, like the thought I want to be having or is this true? You know, the whole thoughts aren't facts uh, situation. Um, and if like, and if a, a reframing needs to take place for me, that has been like the most powerful first step. And I know that you can't, I know that you can't necessarily, what is it that you can't think your way into right action? Is that the way it goes? But you can act, I know your, you way can act way your way into right thinking. Yeah. So you can't necessarily think your way into right action, meaning you can't just think about the change and have the change happen, right? There has to be an action to it. Uh, but I do feel like you can catch some of the um, the stories that you've told yourself. So last week when we talked about doing uncomfortable things, getting comfortable doing those things that uh, could help us or could help us get to where we want to go, but we feel they're uncomfortable. We did talk a little bit about um, just changing the way, like taking a moment to change the way we think about those things and coming up with, you know, we came up with the phrase or, or we're using the phrase, I can do hard things. But one of the things that has been helpful also that uh, you have shared is the idea, like being able to tell yourself, oh, hey, wait, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Like I, I have decided, you know, this is the this is the thing I'm going for. This is the life I want. I want to live a life of fulfillment and potential. So I'm committing to that. And because I'm committing to that, I no longer do X, Y, and Z. So for, um, you know, for me, one of the bigger pieces uh, in cultivating the positive mindset is that like off the cuff complaining where you don't really think about it. You just like for me, it was, I'd just throw out some kind of snarky, cynical comment because it felt like the cool thing to do, or it felt like, you know, that's just the culture I'm in. Like nothing ever works. This is so, you know, ugh, 
ugh, I feel like I spent a lot of ugh. <laughs> uh, my 20s, there was a lot of that. And as we've talked about, that just grew and grew. And, and, and then finally, I was like, oh, I feel so junky. So the first part or the first real step was just reminding myself, oh, hey, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not doing that anymore because it has negative consequences on my life. Uh, so in the reframing, picking the phrase, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to do whatever. I feel like that is that way of taking a moment to just change the way you think about things. And now I still had a lot of other work to do, a lot of uh, action to take to actually make change, you know, like make the change sustainable and make things continue to happen. But it was that first step of like how I'm thinking about it and reminding myself, oh, wait, I don't do this anymore. And that for the positivity was actually relatively easy. But I'll tell you, I've, I've been trying that with some other things. And it is much more depending on, you know, what it is, it's been much more challenging in other areas. I totally know what you mean. It's interesting. There was, I did this thing called Flash Forward Institute out here in California. And it was a woo-woo California thing, but actually it was very valuable to me. And one of the things that we did was, I, I don't remember if I'm using the right words, but we decided to create a declaration uh, or a pronouncement or something. Oh, I think it was declaration because there's a moment when something isn't true and then it becomes true. And the example she gave was, I now declare you man and wife, mm. right? Before you weren't, after this declaration from now on, you are. And she said, you can use that for yourself as a way to change. So I declare I am a writer. So now I am so, and I will act as if I am a writer. I will do the things that writers do. I write words every day because I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and these types of declarations... And we had to come up with five. And I remember it was really strange because she told us all to think of something that you wish were true, but that deep down you always worried wasn't true. And the thing I wrote at the time, and she said, and it has to be, come up with a couple that are easy, but come up with one that truly scares you to say out loud mm -hmm. that you are embarrassed. And we're going to do this on a call one-on-one. -on -one. And the one that I wrote down, Brianna, that surprised me and actually surprised her was I wrote down at the top, I am worthy. Mm. Mm -hmm. And she was like, <sighs> she took a deep breath. She's like, that's a big one. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, this is a little dramatic, uh, but the truth of the matter, which was great because now my judgment of her kept me from having to cry. Mm. Um, but it was interesting because in that moment, I did declare I was worthy. Brianna to said lady, uh, I did not believe it. Mm. It was not one of those things that I could just declare. Mm -hmm. What I had to do over and over and over again in my life is to earn my own trust in me back. Mm. I had to act as if I was a person worthy of insert decent treatment from a boyfriend, insert not taking any guff for a job that didn't pay me enough, insert like I had to act my way into no, I won't let you do this. Yes, I will do that. Oh, wait, you changed the terms. No, I had to stand up for myself to feel as if I was worthy. Mm -hmm. And it's only, you know, many years later that I can truly think, yeah, I am worthy. And 
honestly, the one that really sold me on the I'm worthy was the I'm worthy because everybody's worthy, Christy. What the hell? Why do you have to be the only, you know, unworthy person in the world? Everybody's worthy. Mm -hmm. That one helped me. But I had to act like it. And if I did not act like it, I did not believe me. And I think that's one of the things that hurt me so much when getting myself psyched up to be in my own personal power and, you know, getting myself in a peak state so nothing feels like it's work. And I'm really going for it, Brianna, because I have been in a peak state. I have felt like things were work. But when it wasn't like that, Brianna, and when I didn't do it, and when I failed yet again, I was sort of eroding my own faith in myself. Mm. And I think one of the keys to transforming your life is to really look at it like, I'm trying to figure out what works for me and what doesn't work for me. So maybe you are the kind of person who one day just decides, I had a friend, I told you, the guy that just stopped drinking Mountain Dew and lost all that weight. Mm-hmm. He was, he was just, he didn't know what the calories were for things. And so mm-hmm. it was like, wait, what? And he started looking on the backs of things and that changed everything for him. Like first it was no Mountain Dew. And then it was like, I'm a cut guy with abs. and I lost 70 pounds in a year kind of thing. And it was just like, really? Is that how it works for you? Great. Good for you. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> what my inner self. But no, really great. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So there'll be some things that you can declare so, and they become so. And there will be those other things that are hard. And neither, just because something turns out to be hard, don't think it's your failure. It's just that it takes a little more time. So some things can happen fast. But just because something isn't, doesn't mean you're a failure. Doesn't mean you're not worthy. Doesn't mean it can't still happen. Absolutely. And, you know, where that takes me is uh, one of the notes I wrote is, you know, when thinking about my own personal transformation and changing my life and going after those things that I really want, one of the uh, one of the things I guess I had to come to understand is it's less about the thing. And as I think you were saying, that really illustrated it well, it's more it's it's less about the thing and really about me as a person. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I say that I am? And am I and am I living true to that? Because I find when I do, then the other things tend to follow. Now that doesn't mean it's all, you know, easy and nothing ever goes wrong, but it 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 just helps it helps me gain clarity. And as you were saying, it it also, I think, you know, one of the things I appreciate you talking about, again, back to that getting comfortable being uncomfortable is part of that understanding or knowing, like understanding me as a person, who do I, who am I, who do I say I am, and am I living that out? Part of that is also being able to admit the difficult things about yourself and not just the negative things, right? Because that's almost always easy to come up with. But really understanding who am I? What do I have to offer to the world? Because we all have something most, and, and I would say we all have many things, but they can sometimes, those positive things just can be a little bit more challenging to identify. But we also, I think, have to be able to let me back up. I had to be able to admit some of the things 
admit some of the things like you said that it was difficult for me to admit that I want or difficult that, you know, that's what I feel like I'm either meant to do or the things that are meant for me. And I really identify with the challenge um, that you, you described in identifying, you know, I am worthy. I think uh, the other one, you know, that comes to mind for me is I'm enough. Just me mm-hmm. as a person, I am enough. And that is, a, that's a very, or was a very difficult thing for me to even think about because, right, we've talked about the worry about being arrogant or big headed and <laughs> the idea that me saying that I am enough makes me big headed. Like, I'm like, oh goodness, where did that come from? Um And I'm glad now that I can at least, you know, be on the road to saying I am enough. Uh, And I have things to offer, as we all do. Uh, But when we're talking about personal transformation and changing our lives, the, the place it had to start, as you talked about, is with me. I had to understand who am I? What do I stand for? What do I value? And then really start to evaluate every choice, every action against that and be really honest with myself. If I'm not getting the things that I want, why is that? Um, And most of the time it's like, oh, because you're not doing X, Y, or Z, or because you decided at some point like that, you, that wasn't meant for you, even though there's no evidence to really support that. Uh, So when we talk about, you know, personal transformation, changing our lives, I cannot say enough how valuable it's been for me to just really get clear about what do I want? Who am I as a person? What do I value? And also, let me put in a little a little plug for identifying your strengths and those opportunities, your strengths and your opportunities for improvement, we'll say. That too is is really helpful. I love that. And I remember the good enough is, I mean, that's why I think one of our phrases is what if this is good enough? Like what mm-hmm. if, what, what if this effort that I have in me in this moment is good enough? Mm-hmm. And it brings me back to, and you know, we both took classes with Lee Scantlin um, at his Leela place in Hermosa beach. He always said that um, the first mistake is that you're not good enough. The mm-hmm. first wrong thing that you think is I'm not good enough. And the second mistake is that you think you can do something about it because it's predicated on the first incorrect premise. I used to always operate from wanting to be self-help or be wanting to be interested in self-help and personal transformation and wanting to change my life because I was starting from a point of once I get good enough, then I will be worthy of insert whatever it is I want. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't realized how much of that permeated my thinking. I was very insecure and I was even insecure about being insecure. Like if you said, you really seem to have low self-esteem, I would be offended by said statement. I am offended, sir. (laughs) Do not. I have done things. But the truth is, I am the kind of person who put together my sense of self-esteem from what they call in recovery programs, esteemable acts. If you don't have self-esteem, you need to perform what they call esteemable acts. These are actions of self-care and not in the 
it could be you do the bubble bath. It could be those other things, but actual self-care where you stand up for yourself, where you pay your bills on time and you take care of yourself, where you build your own faith in, I said I was going to do this, I'm going to do this. And you know what my solution for saying I was going to do this and then doing this is to just outwardly say, when I'm saying things, because I say a lot of things, Brianna, mm-hmm. is to also bring up in that moment, hey, this could be just one of the things that I say that I don't do. So I didn't have that out there. Every time, you know, I like I say a lot of things, but I'm not sure this is like being being open. Like I'm really excited about this idea, but I'm not sure this is one of the ideas I'm going to follow through on. I'm going to let that marinate a little bit. Just me adding that addendum took away a lot of that oh my God, I big up myself on thinking of this idea because I have a million ideas, Brianna, all the time. And then feeling like a failure when I realized I didn't want to follow through on that. Mm -hmm. So now I just say, I'm a person with a lot of ideas. I don't follow through on all of them because honestly, my friend uh, Sylvia once said, I wish I were one of those people who, um, where ideas were were at a premium instead of energy. (laughs) <laughs> like there are some people who have a lot of energy, but they don't have a million ideas every day. And then there are those of us who don't have a lot of energy, but we have a million ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's the solution there? Uh, honestly, for me to sort of partner up with people who've got a lot of energy <laughs> and um, for those people to come to me for ideas, because I find it very exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ooh, I love a good idea. <laughs> Let's see. Well, you want to solve a problem? Here, I got five ideas for you. Here you go. Uh, oh, and I'll you be thinking f- of 10 more on the drive home. Right? <laughs> you want to fix the problem. I mean, I can still do it, but it's going to take a little bit longer or a little bit more. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, right. I think the <laughs> the opportunity for, I'm going to talk about self-awareness again. (laughs) The opportunity for self-awareness in this work is everywhere. And it really is that sense of like getting to know, again, that sense of getting to know you. So knowing where, where do I, um, where do I excel? And then where are my trip up points, right? So we know, as you've pointed out, I have a terrible hype man, like, it just doesn't dawn on me to be always to be, it doesn't always dawn on me to be excited about things that I do. <laughs> right. You mean the victory? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even just spike the ball. You just make touchdowns and then just immediately start the next play or planning the next whatever, like no right. dance, no nothing. There's nothing. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, and I think, you know, and I, I say that, for others who may have uh, have trouble with that because it is in identifying where you've done something well uh, or where things have worked out because again, it's so easy to uh, get focused or perseverate on where they don't. It's important that we identify those times uh, where, okay, so I know I don't do this piece well, but I also know that creating that evidence file of when things have worked out actually helps me make a change and helps me stick to a change. It feels like a whole big convoluted loop. But anyway, so I have to know like, oh man, I need to tell somebody that this is a thing that I'm going to be doing and then make a commitment to tell them when it, especially when it works out. 
because I need to be able to take that victory lap so that I kind of like solidify it in my brain (laughs) that I did this thing and I did it well so that I can look back and identify, oh yes, I did make a change there. And I did take this small opportunity to uh, transform kind of my way of thinking or transform some sort of habit uh, to move me more towards this uh, life and life experience that I really want. I mean, today I'm really, I'll be honest, I'm really proud of myself that it took me a long time to to remember that I had that great conversation uh, with a friend um, today about doing a uh, book club related to this uh, book on St. Francis, right? Something I've been wanting to do, like get people together to talk about spiritual topics. It's been on my mind for like quite, quite some time. And it totally escaped me because we had so much stuff to talk about before, you know, recording this episode. But honestly, like the win for me, not only that I had to have that, I got to have that talk today, but the win is that I was like, hey man, (laughs) this exciting thing happened to me today. And I mean, I really felt the hype. It was one conversation, but it, it just being able to get excited about it and what that can mean. um, I mean, I feel like change has happened. My life feels a little bit transformed. So again, example of how it can be something small and a long time coming. uh, But I'm counting it as a, as a, as a win. Yeah, absolutely. Because it totally is a win. And I will say that is a lot of progress because you actually mentioned it. Like every once in a while, you'll do this amazing thing and you'll let it like drop into a conversation um, as if it was already done. And I won't be like, when did your master's degree happen, Brianna? Like we hadn't talked Mm -hmm. in like 15 years. And I was like, what's up? And you didn't bring up your master's degree? Like, I think I was bringing up stuff like, and then I did this, whatever. You know, I don't even remember. I think I brought up probably like a weird diet. I was like, who knows what I was celebrating? It's never, I was celebrating wearing a swimsuit in public. (laughs) We talked about that for longer than you putting together this Monday night group, you know, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting because I think it's very tied to your life purpose. And I do think that's really interesting because I think a way, the way people transform their lives is very different. I think because I'm the kind of person who the future feels very real, real, um, I am very good at projecting out five years, 10 years, and then working back and thinking what I've got to take these steps to do and making these elaborate plans that sometimes, frankly, Brianna, they're elaborate plans to nowhere. It's, I think I have to do these 17 things. I do five and then magically I'm somewhere else that I like being. And I love that Mel Robbins said that the purpose of a dream isn't so that you attain the dream. It's to draw you forward into new experiences. Mm -hmm. And I really, it keeps me from feeling like all of my plans failed or not failed. Um, But I will say my sister and you both share the same thing, which is you guys are very good. Like one of the phrases you use all the time is that you're looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the phrases you used, and I'm paraphr- was it was it let go and prepare? Yep. Yeah, so my process is planning everything out. We're going to do these 17 things, and we're going to cross them off. Actually, I we're going to do these 17 things. I'm going to find somebody to help me do these 17 things, because the truth of the matter is, I will list all 17 things, become overwhelmed by 17 things, and then I'll lay down in the bed feeling sad, because I'm not doing those 17 things. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to, okay, Christy, 
We're going to have to break it down into 17 things and six points each, and we're not going to worry about the rest, and then we're going to do this little thing, and then we're going to outsource that thing, and then we're going to help people with this. And you just have to look at what you can do. I can make a plan. I can't always take every step in the plan. I have to ask for help. I have to outsource a lot, and I've got to break it down. But there is another way, which is the let go and prepare way of transforming your life. And I won't steal your thunder. <laughs> I'm setting you up for it. Don't be bull about the let go and prepare. Well, we've talked about this in the past. Um, I am not one of, you know, I can, I don't want it to seem like I don't know how to make a plan. I definitely can make a plan and. and oh, you can make a great plan, like for vacations and trips and. Yeah. You, you're a good planner. I can, I definitely can get things done. Uh, but I think sometimes, as you said, I can get a little too caught up in the details or a little too caught up in, okay, this is what, you know, this is my this is my vision of the outcome. And then these are all the steps that have to take, have to happen. And if, if the steps don't happen exactly like that, or if I can't, if it's so big, I can't even understand what the first step is, then I just don't do it. So one of the things that I think came out of this year that was really helpful is, you know, at the beginning of March, when it was like, oh, the world is a about to change, there really was that sense, you know, when we got in like towards the middle to end of March and it was like, oh, we're going to be in this for a while. I couldn't see the, like, obviously, I, I mean, I could never see the future, but I couldn't even visualize what it was going to look like because things were changing so rapidly. And in, in many ways, they were changing irreversibly. I think there are just some things that are just obviously going to be different now forever. And I couldn't, I couldn't, even having my ability to see, I could see where things are going to go wrong, but I couldn't necessarily see, like, how is, how, what is life going to look like? And so having that blind spot opened things up for me, opened up this understanding of it doesn't really matter. I don't, I don't need to know what I need to do is be ready for it when it comes. And I think this is, it's definitely not something that happened overnight. This idea has been coming. I have been putting this in place, I think for a while, it was just, you know, with this year, this last year, it, it, I just really had to focus on that because I couldn't see anything else. I couldn't do anything else. All I was, I mean, I went to work and I came home and that was it. Um, and so again, that sense of, I just knew there were, there were, I just knew as a, like, again, that sense of my personal identity and what I felt like my purpose was. I had those things kind of as light touchstones. And then the rest was, I just need to be ready for whatever opportunity comes. And so I started to do that in small ways. And I feel like that is, that has been the, the most effective change that I have made that feels like it, it not only, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it feels like, like it changed my whole perspective. Like now I'm seeing with a different lens and it actually is a lens. It's like my lens. I'm no longer, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm no longer looking through somebody else's lens about how change works, how life 
our personal transformation needs to work. It's as if I recognize, oh, this is what works for me. And I think you've been great at showing, and as we talk about this, pointing out the differences between the way you look at things and then approach those opportunities for change. And then the difference between the way, you know, that I maybe see them, we're still headed you know, kind of for that personal transformation, for change, for a life of purpose and potential and fulfillment. It's just the, you know, the lens that we use, the map, maybe, I'm not sure what the right metaphor is, uh, that we use to get there is, is going to be different. And, and that's, that is a-okay. Yes, because what I really enjoy about that is, one of the things that's always been great about me being able to make a plan on how I think things are going to go is it gives me a reason to take action. And once I'm in it, once I'm taking action, the plan just changes, mm-hmm. right? Because I get more information and then I just alter the plan because frankly, I enjoy making plans. It's fun for my brain. However, my sister isn't like that. And I've also noticed that sometimes I get too caught up in how I think it needs to be that I miss out on some opportunities that present themselves. And I think one of the things that I find so freeing, and my sister and I were talking about the same thing, is I used to, especially when I was younger, try something, and it didn't lead to where I was going. Like sometimes it could be as even as simple as like buying an object through the off the internet or in the mail or on TV or at the store. And I thought, I'm going to bring this home, and then this is going to transform me, like this makeup or this whatever product and I'm going to be different when I go to school or I'm going to be different when I go somewhere. And then I'm just really this person with this color eyeshadow that actually you can't even really see on my eyes mm-hmm. and nothing changed, right? Except for something did change. I started to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. And if I would have looked at those kind of initial failures as me learning things about me, like, Instead of just saying, oh, forget it, makeup never works. I'm still a person who never wears makeup, right? Mm-hmm. I rarely ever wear makeup. But instead of saying that, if I would have just went, oh, this isn't my color. This isn't my shade. That isn't my shade. I would have gotten further. I might have changed. I might have done something different. And because it didn't matter that much to me and also because I had really, I had and sometimes continue to have very, there's a lot of room to, uh, for improvement with me when it comes to how I look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that when I talk about that, people are going to think, wow, what does she look like? I look like a regular lady, people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just look like a regular mm-hmm. lady. I'm not, like, I talk about my weight a lot. I'm the average amount overweight. I have dark brown hair with some gray in it and brown eye. I look like a regular lady. Mm-hmm. I look like somebody who works at a store. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's fine. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm demonstrably fine. I'm not some really unusual person. On the other hand, I look at some pictures when I was young and I went, oh my God, I was good looking. <laughs> and I keep thinking, wait a minute, is 70 year old Christy going to look at 49 year old Christy and go, oh, what did you, why didn't you do something? You could have done something. What's wrong with you? You would have been fine. Why didn't you wear those shorts? Why didn't you wear that outfit? Why didn't you do that? And it's because. I got too tied up in it didn't go perfectly the first time or it didn't Mm -hmm. work instead of just going, Hey, as long as you take steps toward being the person you want to be, 
you're, you're getting there. There's a concept that um, it turns out is like the proximity principle. Investing in yourself or investing in getting a little closer, it might not turn out exactly the way you want, but it'll bring you closer to something else that could actually get you to where you want. Mm-hmm. And as long as you keep moving forward toward your goal, you may just find, like for my sister, she wanted to move out of California. Well, it turns out she said, I'm going to move in a year and I'm going to move to Tennessee and I'm going to buy my dream house. So she started saving her money and packing her stuff. Well, it turns out a pandemic happened instead. She ended up working from home. She ended up moving to Florida with my mom. (laughs) And then she ended up quitting her job and working full time in my publishing company. Mm -hmm. And she has more money in the bank than she ever had. And she's getting up every day and leading the life of her dreams without having bought the house because the real estate market's weird. But her life is what she wanted. It just didn't come out in the way she wanted it to be. And right now she doesn't feel like being alone in a pandemic, which mm-hmm. is fine. There's nothing wrong with being alone, but <laughs> she enjoys my mother's company and, and my mother's husband's company. And um, so she's having a great time, you know, at a retirement home in South Florida right now. <laughs> Absolutely. There is that sense. And I feel like, you know, for me, the idea of let go and prepare and has helped kind of heighten that sense of adaptability to be able to do exactly what you just described, to make make a choice, take an action and kind of see what the outcome is. And then from there, if it's not what I thought, okay, um, figure out where where's the opportunity for learning, where's the opportunity for tweaking, and then keep you know, keep going. Or if it does turn out, um, but maybe now just looks a little bit different that like you said, that's great. Okay. Because a lot of times what I find is you, I have gotten to the thing, exactly what you said. I've gotten to what I wanted, even if it doesn't look like what I thought. And I know I'm just basically saying your thing again, but bear with me there. Um, Because I think, you know, I think about this new job that I took. And again, that sense of if a year ago you had told me, you know, I was going to leave a a acute care and not be a manager and not kind of be on what, what people would consider that normal kind of leadership nursing track, I'd be like, you're crazy. (laughs) This is it. This is, you know, where I'm going. And instead I said, you know what, I, I don't, I I need something that's going to give me a little bit more work-life balance, but still give me the opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. And, and I have this opportunity now that in a million years, I couldn't have dreamed of because frankly, it didn't exist a year ago. And I feel like I transformed or or I changed the way I was approaching things in that I just wanted to let go and prepare for whatever opportunity came versus thinking I had to know, okay, it's going to be this job and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and then it's going to be this. That's just not, uh, that's just not it. And, and I still... I still got what I wanted. I have a job now with a smaller team that's going to allow me to really connect with them and help, you know, do that professional development piece. And then also I still get to, you know, I still get to do nursing. It's just in a, it's in a way that I never would have thought 
before. Not in a million years would I have thought. And and still there's a little bit of like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Because, you know, I was doing the other thing for 10, 11 years. Um, but again, the work-life balance and the space to be doing more spiritual work, the space to be doing some of those things outside of work that I feel like are really going to be life fulfilling and enriching. Um, that to me is that's worth it. And I am grateful for having the opportunity, even though I couldn't have, could never have come up with it. I never, I not, I would not have seen it at all, or I didn't see it coming at all. I totally relate. I think one of the people that exemplified the let go and prepare, the first person I ever saw make that happen in a really exciting way was during our very first Positivity Fest. Um, our friend, I'm just going to say his first name, Chris, mm-hmm. our friend Chris, um, he was a fantastically talented singer and actor and dancer. He was a triple threat and in every sense of the word. He was literally the first person I've ever heard just sing to themselves quietly where I like stopped in my tracks and felt like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like I was literally wowed by the talent. Because a lot of times people sing quietly and you think they're trying to, you know, they're trying to have you over here and compliment them. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to <laughs> say anything to him because I didn't want him to stop singing. He was that good. And he was very, very talented. And he was working in accounting at the job that you and I had. And mm-hmm. we were all just complaining about work too much. And so we got into the, and he was a very spiritual person. He was very into his spiritual beliefs and he was working on himself there too. Got into the positivity fest. We met for breakfast and he said he realized that if he got the opportunity that he was looking for, he wouldn't feel wholehearted in taking that opportunity that day because he had all this unfinished business. He had like invoices that he needed to pay at work and he needed to get rid of a couple cars or something. I don't remember why he had more than one car, but he had cars <laughs> mm-hmm. and he had all these other things that he needed to take care of. And so he system systemically cleared his life went on an audition, they offered him a part and he turned it down because it wasn't what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. So he really valued himself. And then he had to audition for the person he turned down again, like a week later. I don't know if it was a week, but it was very soon. And he said, you know, I'm not going to go in there thinking, he was very positive thinking, I'm not going to go in there thinking this guy is holding a grudge because I turned him down. I'm going to go in there thinking this guy already likes me enough to offer me a job. And at the end of the audition that day, Brianna, the guy asked him, how mobile is your life? And he said, very mobile. He left, I think, that Friday. He was Mm -hmm. in rehearsals that Sunday for a Broadway show and hasn't looked back since. Hasn't looked back since. Let go and prepare. He had no way of knowing that audition was coming up, but he knew what he wanted. He didn't take less. He did the work and he's never looked back. Mm -hmm. And yeah, absolutely. Look, understanding again what it is that you're what it is that you're looking for. I do want to just also bring because we've talked about this in the past is um, if you're not quite sure what that thing is, whether it's the actual like what do I want um, or like okay where am I going? If you're not quite sure, one of the things that's really helped uh, for helped me, I think, is really understanding. Um, why do you want X, Y, or Z? So getting down to the why has sometimes helped me to, especially if it's something that I'm a little bit uh, afraid of uh, taking a step towards, um, 
understanding the why has really helped me to get clear about what needs to happen next or, or, or where I need to be focusing my energy. So there's that idea in change management that, you know, if there's a problem, you can't really work on the solutions until you get to the root of the problem. And I'm not saying that <laughs> my life is a problem, but it's the best way to describe it. So there's the problem and then you've got to ask, okay, so here's the problem. So why is that happening? And you keep asking why till you get down to the root. And then that's the point at which you can start problem, you know, brainstorming uh, solutions rather. And I feel like it wasn't until I started asking some of those questions that I was able to say or, 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 or make the move toward you know, trying or trying to do or trying to have something else. So it was, you know, um, I think I need a new job or something like that. And it's like, yeah, but why? And it's like, oh, well, I need better work-life balance. Okay, but why? Well, because I want to have more brain space and more energy to do these things outside of work that I'm really interested in, in particular, the spiritual work. Okay, but why is that? And then it, it's, it gets down to, because I am a well, I'm a spiritual person, but I, I am working on my relationship with God and understanding like, that's where I want it. That just feels for me where I want to focus my energies. And that's how I feel like I can help other people. And, and, and kind of getting down all the way to that helped me on like, kind of, again, that idea of, well, what is it that I value? And if I don't, it, sometimes it comes down to, if I couldn't just do it, I guess for that, I just need a better work-life balance. But now I'm attributing it to, well, this is helping me in my relationship, you know, grow my relationship with God and, you know, get closer to what I feel like is, I guess, my life's purpose or what will really make me, what will help me feel fulfilled. Then it was like a no-brainer. Oh, then I definitely need to do that. If it's in service of this bigger kind of th life life thing, I guess, it was then easier for me to say, oh, no, I definitely, I need to take the steps and be ready and, and start actually looking for that job that's going to give me that better work-life balance. I love that because getting to the why can really help you, it can ex actually expand the amount, expand the range of what a win can look like. And what I mean by that is a lot of times I, when I was, I'll give you an example. When I was young, I wanted to be famous and I just, because I felt like I wasn't important. I felt like I was overlooked. I didn't feel like I was seen. I didn't feel like I was heard. I didn't feel like anybody cared about me except for my family, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like the world at large even knew I existed because I was kind of an invisible person. And I thought, yeah, well, then I want to be famous because then people will see me. And why? Well, because if people see me, then I can talk to the people that I always wished I could talk to. Mm -hmm. And that's what really it came down to is I wanted to feel worthy and I wanted to be able to talk to people I wanted to talk to. Turns out, Brianna, all I had to do was learn how to talk to people that I wanted to talk to. <laughs> yep. Then I have to get a big job in the movie business to do that. I moved to LA. I started doing the kind of, well, actually, I started in Florida. And I, you know, I met one of my closest friends, Chris, in Florida, and we started doing comedy, and I started just becoming the kind of person. I was very shy. For me, doing stand-up opened up my world because I wanted it so bad because I thought it looked so cool. 
And I thought it was very interesting. And I thought crowds laughing was so much fun. And I thought, well, great. I'll become a famous stand-up comedian. Then I'll get a sitcom and I'll be, you know, then it was, you know, Tim Allen and Grace Under Fire. Like, I can't remember her name, but the lady that starred in that, Brett Butler. Brett Butler. Like, yeah, yeah. Brett Butler. Brett Butler is the guy from um, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, her and all those people, you know, Raymond, all of those people ended up, you know, well-loved by everyone. Well, you know what, Brianna? I was... I was only recognized, I think, a couple of times. And I remember distinctly going into my job selling auto warranties after mm -hmm. I was on the news for my laundry thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I walked in and they were like, wait, it was you. And I was like, what? On the TV last night. That was you doing comedy. And I was, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. And you're here? And I was like, okay, this is the most uncomfortable experience. And then another time I was I was recognized at the at my I was in an auto accident and I was getting my water therapy, my aquatic therapy, and uh, I was doing bits about it at the laundromat show. And somebody who'd been at one of my shows uh, came running up to me going, hey, I, I, I know you're from the laundromat show. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. And then he looked and he realized, oh, that those jokes about the therapy it's real. And he got really mm -hmm. disappointed in me and my life and everything about it. And, you know, of course, in those bits, I was talking about how I couldn't bend over because of my back to shave. And I'm like thinking, are, are you going to wait there until I get out of the water in this ill-fitting swimsuit that I made jokes about it? And it was just this really incredibly awkward moment. And then he walked away. And mm -hmm. I got the feeling that I'd both, you know, that I'd like lost fans in this process, right? Like people liked what I did and then they met me and I went, you know what? Being famous is like being on the world's worst blind date, except for you had no part in setting it up. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know that I could live with that if I had to just deal with people. Like, I didn't realize that famous people, people will recognize you anywhere at any time and how inopportune that would be uh and i didn't like it and so now it's just oh you know what instead i'll just talk to people i want to talk to i'll get a podcast and i'll just talk into the airwaves <laughs> with you right. like it's not like i didn't i don't i don't need to be angelina jolie honestly that's a lot of work yeah <laughs> Well, one, you know, I think agreed. That is a lot of work. That's a lot of pressure. I And, and I think that too, um, when we talk about change, I will say the one thing to keep in mind as well, and not as a deterrent, but just so that you're ready for it. Uh, because definitely it's, it, it is an, ex, you know, part of the experience for me is that sense of, you know, you're going to make the change, or I will say I've made the changes and, Yes, I am definitely better for them. Uh, but I think there is that little bit of like kind of that adjustment period, right? So the other idea within change is that um, you you have where you're at. So that's the order. Then you you have the disorder while you're making the change and you're like figuring out, is this going to work? Is it not? Ah. And then, you know, you've made it and now you're coming into the reorder part. So order, disorder, reorder. Um, but I think as we've talked about before, you know, those pieces where it doesn't go quite right or like it, we can't, you know, it's, it's not working out, whatever. That's the disorder phase. And I think it's really, I just want to, you know, I know we've talked about it here. We've talked about it in previous episodes, but really just encouraging people that, um, when you get into that space, don't stop 
or if you need to stop because now the thing you're not interested in it anymore, you're like, nah, that's not it. That's fine. I don't want to <laughs> let me not pressure you into making changes you don't want to make. But just really encouraging people ultimately don't get discouraged because, you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about these changes that we've made, but, you know, we've been able to talk through that. We've been able to talk through and support one another. And then, um, you know, uh, through these times of, okay, so I'm doing this thing and, oh man, Christy, it's so hard. It didn't work out the way I wanted, but I still want the thing. So I'm going to keep going or like, yeah, meh, that's not really for me. So I'm going to just stop. And then, you know, fine. I'm going to go on to whatever uh, comes next. But if it really is something that we want, um, if it's really a change, if it's really like, like a life transformation that really feel, you feel strongly about, just stick with it. Um, and that kind of goes to the idea too, of being able to find trusted people to be able to support and encourage you uh, through whatever change or transformation you're trying to make. I totally agree. And if I could just piggyback off of that, I really do think there's a very interesting thing about transformation. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable to be the new version of you. And then mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable for a multiple for multiple reasons. Sometimes you've changed and the people you're around don't like the new you. Because they liked you the old way because it suited them. I remember distinctly when I stopped engaging a lot of in a lot of my codependent behaviors where people couldn't just ask me for favors and I wouldn't always just drive way far across town just to see them where I started suggesting how about we meet halfway or why don't you come meet me and it was very painful to notice that some people didn't want to call anymore I was only it wasn't worth it to them I was the person that they called when they needed somebody convenient Mm -hmm. And especially in the dating realm, when I stopped accepting unacceptable behavior, I didn't have my calendar as full as it was before that. And I had to be good with the discomfort of having that open space. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I didn't. And well, no, I will say I'm so glad I didn't rush to fill it. No, Brianna, many times I rushed to fill it with inappropriate people. Again, I fell back into my old me because I wasn't ready to ask for more. Mm -hmm. And so there is that part where there's this space that you have to leave open for something new to come in. So mm -hmm. you've changed, but the life around you hasn't changed. And so sometimes that discomfort with the reorder part, things haven't fallen into place. Give it a little time. It's when I went to Australia and my sister experienced the same thing when she took a trip by herself to England, we both had the same thing. I went to Australia, I got there. And for the first like three days or so, I was like, why did I do this? Mm. Why did I pack up all my things and buy a ticket to a country I've never been to for an adventure? Because the truth is, all I'm doing is wandering from restaurant to restaurant, being lonely and eating food that I, that is way too expensive. Like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I am alone eating food with no place to go. And it, you think at first when you're going to go travel, it's going to be, I've got no place to go. I can do whatever I want. And then you realize, I don't know what to do. I've never been here before. I don't know anything. Got to say within a couple of days, I'd met some people. I stayed at a, at a hostel. I'm still friends with 
like several uh, there's still facebook friends of mine jan uh yan soren and johnny are all still facebook friends of mine wishing me happy birthday and yan even brought um one of my books and it just was i made friends and it really changed the way i looked at the world and how i looked at myself and so mm -hmm. sometimes it's just going to it's not going to be exactly the way you pictured it and then sometimes it will but just because it isn't that way i could have just gotten on a plane and left if i wasn't having a good enough time like wait it out to make sure that the that uh i honestly if i had the choice between just leaving but i already packed up all my stuff i was like well i might as well stay a little longer i'm gonna feel like a loser and i'm so glad i did <laughs> um <laughs> And I just really feel like that can be the discomfort of waiting for the change to feel good can be sometimes the reason why people revert back to old behavior. They just won't leave that space open. They won't just let themselves be uncomfortable. And I, I think that's why it was really important that we be, that we did the getting comfortable with discomfort episode mm -hmm. before doing the transforming our lives episode, because it's a very vital portion of like becoming the person you always wanted to be. Absolutely. And I just, uh, you know, I can't say enough about really committing to, and again, I say committing to the change or committing to the transformation, not in a way that you can't change your mind about things or not in a way that makes it like set in stone and, and it's got to be this and well, you're, you're on the path now, you can't get off. I'm not saying that. But really just, you know, in my heart of hearts for, for myself, for us and for, for, you know, for everyone really like if you're looking for that change or if you're looking to make things different small big medium whatever like just really understanding or coming to that space of doing it because you know at least in part uh just committing to yourself and that idea of i am enough i am worthy i can live a life of purpose. I can live the life I want to live. I can have the experiences I want to have. I just, I can't speak enough about how that frame of mind has really helped me just, just, what am I trying to say here? That frame of mind just keeps keeps me going, I guess, and keeps me, you know, on those days where I don't have enough energy um, or those days where I get a little bit discouraged, just like, no, remember, remember you're committing to yourself. This is the life you want, or, you know, you're, you're committed to living that life of purpose and fulfillment. It's less for me. It's less about, I guess, the outcome, like specific, specific things I'll say and more about and it really is just more about under like coming to the end I guess now that we're getting into you know the, our third quarter um, just looking at it from a perspective of I want to come to the end of my life and just really feel like I have lived a life of purpose and had the enjoyable the experiences that I wanted to have um, and really said you know what I got here and I gave it my all Yes, because I do feel like there is the, there's that existential quiet desperation, that, 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 that pain of a life left unlived that we're trying so desperately to avoid. And I think that is the hope behind your, having your own personal transformation and changing your life is to not feel that sense of 
I've wasted my life. I haven't been the person I wanted to be and just taking daily steps to do that. But I do think the things that can get in the way are things like bad habits that it can take. You think that it takes a lot more energy than it does perfectionism and patience, Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs, sometimes a little bit of shame, uh, not being able to deal with the discomfort of change and feeling like you have to know exactly what steps you have to take to get where you want to go or be who you want to be. But the solutions can go in the realm of setting small incremental changes that you can do, acting your way into that right thinking. Self-awareness, as always, is a good tool. Understanding the why behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Let going and preparing for the opportunities that you do not know may come and being ready to take advantage of those opportunities making a choice, uh, I'm sorry, uh, taking the time that it takes and not being in such a hurry, declaring something to be true about yourself so that you can change who you are, and uh, just engaging in general esteemable acts that can allow you to believe in yourself enough to invest enough in transforming your life. And I think those things can really be helpful. So before I go into the big uh, mission for the week. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that we have, I think that's a great synopsis and I think we've covered it. I just, you know, other, I don't have anything to add other than just encouragement for people that, um, and, and for us as well, that we can continue on this path, um, really looking for, again, that sense of, you know, having that life of purpose, fulfillment and getting, you know, having the life experience that we really, that we really want. I'm, I'm excited for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Cause I really do. And I will say that even though sometimes it doesn't turn out how you thought it does every once in a while, Brianna, I remember when I was nine years old, I remember wanting to be a writer and I was uh, sitting by the pool, editing the book that I'm getting ready to release next month in this new series. I remember going, wow, I'm in LA by the pool, editing my book. This is a life I dreamed of. It Mm -hmm. can happen like you imagined. It just sneaks up on you after a lot of work that honestly sometimes is a good time. It's not Mm -hmm. always rough. Sometimes it's a good time. And that brings us to this week's mission. This week's mission is to pick an aspect of your life you want to transform and ask yourself, why do you want to make that change? And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can send us what you want to make a change in your life about or your questions or perspectives on the topics we've discussed today or in any of our episodes. Email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. And on the next episode, we'll explore how faith and spirituality impact our mindset. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast because it does help more people to find us and we'd like to know what you think. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.